0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. <laughs> Welcome to Mom and Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to conception, pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. We raise the volume on these topics in hopes that someday everyone will have the support and information that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. In this episode, we are hearing from Tara, a woman who experienced postpartum psychosis after the birth of her twins. Tara's mother, Julie, also joins this discussion, which is really the first time we've had a mother and daughter on together to talk about a postpartum experience. So I'm very happy to have both of their perspectives and hear from their journey. A little bit about postpartum psychosis. It affects one to two in a thousand women. And while very rare, it is pretty serious. We've sort of been misled to think that postpartum depression is the same thing as postpartum psychosis and postpartum anxiety. They all kind of run together. Everything is called postpartum depression. But what I really hope that you can hear is how different it is. Postpartum psychosis is really a break from shared reality and is an emergency situation. And what you'll hear from Tara and her mom is how that affected them and what it looked like. Tara and Julie really want people to hear this experience so that they know that this can happen and also what to look for. And I believe that having both of their perspectives here really helps us to deepen our understanding of what can happen in the family and what a family member might be seeing from the outside. Also, what a mother experiencing postpartum psychosis can sound and look like, as well as some of the process that the family had to go through to kind of figure out that something was going on. And it really, the main point that they want to bring home is how important it is to have this information and to have support for healing and the need for the family to really come together to support somebody through the process of healing through this. Some of the details of Tara's story may be sensitive for some listeners as we get to hear about some of the things that happened for her. I'm so honored to share this episode with you. So let's welcome Tara and Julie. Hi, Tara and Julie. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I'm particularly excited to talk to both of you because this is the first time we've had a mother-daughter combo on together. And I think it's really going to bring some great perspective to the listeners and hopefully, you know, either moms who've experienced something or even healthcare providers who are listening and other therapists on you know, what it was like for you, Tara, going through it and what it was like for you, Julie, to be there with her. I think both of your perspectives are really valuable and I'm so glad you're both open to sharing here.
1: Absolutely. Anything we can do to help any future moms is what we want to do. Well,
0: thank you for that. That's what's needed is people telling their stories. So this is very powerful. Tara, if you can start wherever you think is appropriate to start. Tell us about your experience.
2: Well, I met my husband. We got married in 07. And we started trying to start a family in 09. Wasn't any success. We went through all the testing. Was determined I need to be on a low dose of Clomid. I got pregnant. I had two miscarriages. Mm. And then I got pregnant for the third time with my twins. Oh. And they also put me on progesterone. And my pregnancy was pretty much textbook. I mean, Mm -hmm. the only problem I had was at the end, my ankle started swelling.
0: Okay.
2: And they came three weeks, five days early. Mm -hmm. And then the symptoms of postpartum psychosis started, even in the hospital after I gave birth. Like same day? Same day, yeah. I I noticed at about three days
1: post-delivery. Hmm. Okay. Well, I know that I should say now. Hindsight, I noticed some things at the time. You write it off till she's tired, new mom, twins.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Wow. Um. So yeah, looking back, everything seems a little bit more clear. But for you, Tara, what were the initial things that you noticed?
2: I really didn't notice anything until I started getting treatment and started getting better. But mm-hmm. like mom said, in hindsight, I wasn't wanting to hold my babies a lot. Mm-hmm. But I've always wanted to be a mom. So that was like totally out of character. Towards the first week of being, yeah. you were
1: getting very
0: anxious. Mm. So Julie, that's what you noticed? Anxiety? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. I think she definitely was going through some anxiety and she would say, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, you know. Mm. So anyhow, but then once she was sent home from the hospital, after being home, I believe, just 24 hours, I went over to start staying with her for a period of time to helping out with the twins, and she was scared because she thought she had torn her stitches out. Mm. So I said, "Well, let me take a look at him." And she just plopped herself down right in the middle of the living room near the front door and showed me everything. It was, and I said, "Tara, let's go into the bathroom." So that was my first real sign that something was not right.
0: That was at those three-day mark that you mentioned. Well, thanks for that. I think this is particularly useful for people because sometimes the person who's going through it doesn't really, especially when it's psychosis, it doesn't have the ability to kind of reflect and notice that things are different. And so what you're saying, Julie, is that you noticed something for sure that seemed out of character. But Tara, looking back on it now, what is your recollection of that period of time? Um, Those first couple of days?
2: The first couple of days, I wasn't as excited as I thought I'd be. Mm-hmm. I was more wanting to be distant mm-hmm. and was really having a hard time breastfeeding and kind of freaking out about that. Mm-hmm. Then towards the end of the week, I started really not wanting to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's when my mom finally took me to the hospital and I swear she was hitting people in the road, which were just bumps in the road. oh. And so they gave me Xanax, sent me home because that was just lack of sleep. Oh,
0: okay. I have several questions now. You went to the hospital. What kind of assessment did they do, if any? And that's for Tara or Julie to answer or both.
1: It would have been a Sunday night when I started staying over there and she started having behaviors. I did get angry with her. And I even said to her, you know, did you not know what you were signing up for to be a parent? Mm -hmm. You know, I was not fully aware that she was having a mental condition. Um, That night, she ended up sleeping in the bed with me, Mm -hmm. and she would not stay in bed. She kept getting up. I would bring her back to bed, and then probably about 4 in the morning, I told her husband that we were going to head to the hospital, that something wasn't right. So we went to emergency at the same hospital where she delivered, and they thought maybe she was having some depression. They gave her a shot of some medication to calm her down, gave me a prescription for Xanax and an antidepressant. And so we went on back home. I gave her a Xanax to try and calm down and get a little bit of sleep. It did nothing to her. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I gave her a second Xanax, and anybody who's not aware of that, that should have knocked her out cold. Uh Um, She slept for approximately one to two hours, and then things started snowballing even further.
0: Can I ask, during this period of time, I'll ask Tara first. Tara, did you have any moments in here where – You realized that something was going on or something wasn't quite right or moments where you kind of came to and you felt fine? No, not at all. It was straight from the first day you started having this intensity?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And Julie, from your perspective, is that what you saw too?
1: I saw a little bit in the hospital, but not a lot until... She really got severe. Her in-laws were at the house for the first couple few days. So I waited till they left town to start going over to care for her and the babies. And once the symptoms really started kicking in, they snowballed. Mm -hmm. She was hearing people outside of her home. She was afraid that the babies weren't breathing, which I think every new mother goes through that. But she just was not acting at all like herself.
3: Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck and now
1: So after we went to the hospital, they wanted me to follow up with her primary doctor the next day. So we did that too. And by this point, she was gone. The daughter that I knew was gone. So this is a week, about a week? Yeah, about a week. After birth. uh, This is about five to six days because at a week, she was actually hospitalized.
0: Okay. So there was a pretty rapid onset of symptoms and things got worse pretty quickly. And then from what you're saying, also worsened after using a medication that wasn't helpful. I don't know if that was part of what made things worse or if it was just a coincidence in the timing.
1: I think it was a coincidence in the timing. Mm -hmm. We made a second trip to the emergency room two nights later. At that point the emergency room team deemed that she was just exhausted and they wanted to admit her for one night so she could get some sleep. And so I agreed to that. And they told me to go ahead and go home and get a little sleep because we had been up now for almost three days. Mm -hmm.
0: Can I ask Tara, had you not been sleeping at this point? Not much. No, my brain
2: just wouldn't shut off. Every time I try to sleep, I would hear something or Uh I feel like I had to go do something or my mind just wouldn't let me and self wind down enough to get sleep.
0: Okay. All right. And when you guys went to the emergency room, how did that conversation go? Julie, did you talk about it with Tara or did you just get her in the car and go? I told her, I said,
1: I think we need to go see the doctor. Mm -hmm. So she knew where we were going. And at no time did she ever not know who any of her family members were. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We were definitely her safe zone.
0: Okay, good. That's great.
1: Tara was asking me a question after when we took her to the emergency room the second time. And they wanted to admit her. I got home. And I had been asleep about two hours, and I got a telephone call from the hospital notifying me that she had jumped through a window.
0: Oh my goodness yeah. okay, so Tara, is it okay if I asked you if, what your recollection
2: of that is? Absolutely. I mean, okay. yeah they were see have someone watching me mm-hmm. and they had stepped out and talked to someone else, mm-hmm. and in my mind they were saying, oh, this gal's being a problem. How do we get rid of her? Da, 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 da Well, I saw the window, so I jumped through it. I'm like, you guys want to get rid of me? Fine. I'll jump through the window. I'll get rid of myself. So this and was a, not an open window? No, it was not an open window.
0: The window broke. Yes. And then what happened to you?
2: I was wandering around the parking lot when they found me, and my nose was bloody. I had to have stitches on my wrist. So you must have
0: been on the ground floor?
2: Yes, I was on the first floor. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: like a lot of questions, kind yeah, of go through.
1: Didn't even tell me that when they called. Mm. So you know, my first question was, "Is she alive?" Yeah. And they, yes, she was on the ground floor.
0: Okay, they didn't hear a window breaking.
2: They saw me and jumped through the window, and they started to search for me. Okay. okay. My mom and just told her that I jumped through a window. Forgot to mention I was on the first floor. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, wow. So at this point, Julie, I imagine you're kind of freaking out or at least very I worried.
1: Absolutely panicked. So I got up to get back down there. Before I had a chance to leave the house, I received a telephone call from a physician who was working in the emergency room and was connected to Tara's doctor's office, but was not a doctor there. So he had never seen Tara Mm -hmm. and and he started asking me a whole bunch of questions about her behavior. And I credit this doctor for saving her life because he is the one who nailed the diagnosis. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah good. He, he asked me a number of questions about was she delusional, was she paranoid, suicidal, which she was never suicidal. She had every single other one of the symptoms right on. Mm-hmm. And so of course, you know, when I, as soon as I could, I got on my computer and started reading up on the psychosis and I knew he had hit the diagnosis. Okay. Which was um, a blessing. I and mean, The sooner a diagnosis is made, the more opportunity you have for a woman to make a full recovery.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So he asked the right question. Somehow somebody knew to call him or how did he get involved?
1: He, he happened to be one of the doctors working in emergency at that time. Oh, okay. Great. Great. He took it upon himself to contact me because I was listed as the emergency contact.
0: This is fantastic to hear that somebody really knew what they were doing and took the time to call and ask you about what was going on for her. Because when a mom is experiencing the symptoms like Tara is describing, she's not able to answer those questions like timelines and things like that. Correct. And self-reflection just kind of aren't there. Okay, I want to come back to that in just a moment. So in the meantime, Tara is out wandering around injured Tara did you have any sense of what was going on
2: no I just thought those people were going to try to hurt me so I was trying to get away from them oh so
0: you were really trying to protect yourself
2: in my mind yeah I was trying to protect myself I mean realistically they weren't saying at all what I thought they were saying
0: but all right you know that now but when you're in it like that you perceive what you perceive and then you're making decisions based off of that what was it like when they found you? How did they find you? What was it like for you, if you recall any part of that?
2: They brought a wheelchair. They got me back in the wheelchair, and they brought me back into emergency. I don't remember them putting the stitches in. I remember being back in the hospital bed, and then I was being transported, and they made my mom strap me down to the gurney for the paramedic ride, which on the what? way there... I swear it was rolling when it wasn't.
0: Oh, okay. So let me take a step back. So in terms of sequence of events, Tara got back into the hospital, got assessed or whatever, and um, stitches put in, and then you were transferred to what kind of a place? What kind of unit?
2: A uh, psych ward, behavioral mental health. Okay.
0: And
1: that was after about 10 to 12 hours in the emergency room that day.
0: Okay. After the jump out of the window. Right.
1: Right. And while in the emergency room, my husband showed up mm-hmm. and she was whispering to us, trying to plot ways to get out of there. Okay. Like going through the wall behind us.
0: Mm-hmm. And at this point, Julie, you had already talked to that emergency room doctor? Yes, I had. Okay. And so people who were caring for Tara knew kind of what was going on?
1: They should have. Okay. (laughs) But we had a couple of medical people talking right outside of her room or her little bay about some scary movie they had watched, I had to go out there and ask them to take their conversation elsewhere. Yeah. Tara had placed towels over her head, hiding her face, Mm. and with her fingers creating little eye holes so she could peek out. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that took all day was getting insurance approval, and then we requested that she be taken to behavioral mental health. We didn't want her going to one of our local hospitals.
0: Okay, so that was the 10 to 12 hours that you described being in the emergency room was primarily to get insurance approval to go?
1: I think so, because by then, after this doctor had made the diagnosis and I agreed with it 100%, yeah, it took quite a while. I don't think she left the emergency room till 10 or 11 o'clock at night.
0: Okay, so in the meantime... Tara, do you recall what your sense of what was going on?
2: At that point, my mind was kind of set that the people in the hospital were not trying to help me. They mm-hmm. were going to try to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was covering my face. Yeah. And trying to plot, okay, well, how can we get out of here? Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: that was kind of a primary focus for you yeah. for a lot of that period of time.
2: Yeah, it was just getting out of where I was. Do you recall how you
0: felt, like, I'm assuming, Julie, you were there the whole time. Do you recall, Tara, how you felt about your mom and about her being there? Did you feel safe or was it strange?
2: I felt more safe having her there, but I also was trying to get her to help me plot to get out of there.
0: Okay, right.
2: So kind
0: of take just another step back. My assumption up until this point when I'm asking this is that both Tara and Julie, you had never experienced something like this before.
1: Correct. I have never heard of it.
0: Uh huh. But then the doctor asked his questions, kind of told you what his thoughts were about this, and you could see that that was the case, that it was a yeah. postpartum yeah. psychosis.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and then rapidly started working on educating myself on it. Sure. I knew what we were dealing with.
0: Okay, so. Then while you were in the emergency room, were they doing any interventions, like medication interventions or anything like that?
1: Yes. Yes. They were giving her some shots to calm her. Okay. Um, that was about it. You know, they had stitched her wrist back up and basically just medications to keep her calm. Okay. I can't tell you what they gave her.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings me back up to the ride over to the hospital. So Tara, what you were saying, your experience was that your mom was with you and she was the one who had to tie you down?
2: Strap me on the gurney to get into the paramedics, yeah. Okay, what
0: was the reason for that?
2: They thought that I would accept it better than having someone else do it. Okay, what was your recollection of it? That she just was... Putting buckles on me, wasn't sure exactly why. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so at this point, still there's, you know, kind of a disconnect from being able to piece together what's going on. Okay, so then you guys get to the hospital, and what happened after that?
2: Well, we were almost to the hospital, and I swear the paramedics rolled down a hill which I think they were just going on a little bit of a curvy road Mm -hmm. at that point. And then they got me into the hospital and into a room and they gave me some medicine and tried to help me sleep. And then the next day is when they started discussing doing ECT and the heavy medication.
0: All right. Now I have another set of questions. So why ECT? ECT?
1: Basically, I guess it's sort of a reset button in the brain. They actually sat us all down for a meeting and we had to watch a film. And it was finally about this point that I lost it because Mm -hmm. I had no idea that they did shock therapy to people anymore. Right. My only knowledge of it was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest movie.
0: Oh, right, which is, wow, yeah. yeah it um, scared me to death. and sure. Can I ask you, Julie, In throughout this whole process, I mean, you're seeing all of this happen to your daughter. You're trying to put together what's happening. What was that like for you?
1: It was probably some of the darkest days of my life. My daughter was gone mentally. Mm-hmm. She was gone, and she had these beautiful brand-new twins, And it was the most heartbreaking thing that I've ever been through in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And too, there's not a lot of information for you about, well, how long is this going to last? What's it going to look like? I mean, you're trying to learn as you go.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, by her mother-in-law and myself and my mom all going on to like the Mayo Clinic and places like that to get information. Mm Mm-hmm. I learned that the facts that I read, that this can happen to one in a thousand women. Mm -hmm. And of the women who get psychosis, 95% tend to act sort of like Tara was acting. The other 5% are the ones who go out and actually end up killing their baby or family members. Right. Which is brought on more fear.
0: Of course, right, because it's hard to put any of this in context when you're kind of in emergency mode, just trying to figure out what the next step is. It's a lot of information to try and process and understand while you're in a crisis.
1: Correct. And we were given some special permissions at the hospital because she was not eating. And so, between her husband and my husband and myself, we would tag team on getting their. To the hospital early enough in the morning to help her with breakfast and lunch and dinner. So there were three of us that were tag teaming at the hospital and then her in-laws were caring for the babies.
0: Okay, great. So you guys had a good team of people to kind of manage the, oh, the- blessing. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. great. I'm glad that you had people to rely on.
1: And they didn't want us bringing the babies to see her for, I think we brought them about a week after she was admitted. But she was on some really, really heavy medications, foot shuffling. Mm. Yeah, she was pretty much out of it. Wouldn't shower unless I said, let's go to your room and get you in the shower.
0: Okay, so... I want to understand a little bit more about the treatment approach in the hospital and what kind of medications. I mean, they're telling you about ECT. That's already shocking for you. What ultimately happened in terms of medication and treatment while at the hospital?
1: They had her on psychotic medicine. They had her, she was taking probably three different medications at the hospital And then they would take her down to another facility for the ECT. It started out, I believe, three times a week. And she went through probably a total of 15 ECT treatments. Some were done after she was released. And we would take her back over for them.
0: Okay. Well, Tara, you were describing earlier that you were not sleeping really at all. Was there any ability for you to sleep when you were in the hospital?
2: Yeah, they gave me some medication that helped me sleep fairly well. And then probably after the first week, they moved me from the side I was on to two weeks weeks to the elderly side because there was so much screaming that I actually was starting to get worse again. Oh. She was
1: in the adult unit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and after a couple of weeks, she started to play into their behaviors you know, with the other patients.
0: Right. So if I can give people some context, this is an inpatient unit? Yes. Okay, yes. for a general adult inpatient unit. So this is not a maternal Unit. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. not a mother and baby unit. This is not specifically yeah. for postpartum issues. This yeah, is a mixed group, which can include all kinds of different things, which can include substance use and withdrawal, which can include some other things that require or like very floridly psychotic people. So, this, what you're describing, that when I hear often from moms who have had to go to the hospital to an inpatient unit, that it does can sometimes make them feel worse because. For one, there's not really anybody else in there that's like them. And number two, it's incredibly overwhelming. It's like an overstimulation of other things happening.
1: Correct. And yeah, it got to the point where we sat down with the staff and had a meeting about whether it was in Tara's best interest to even leave her in the hospital at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's when they made the decision to move her into the senior
0: citizen okay. board. Okay. And Tara, during this process, do you recall, you know, even in the first week or two, do you recall feeling any better? Do you recall feeling any different?
2: Not the first week, probably after the first week I did the first week, they would have like the news on and there was a war going on. I swear the war was happening right there. Oh. But after the first week I started to somewhat feel better I wasn't
1: 100%. No, no, nowhere near. And still not asking about her babies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not even asking about them.
0: Tara, did you recall that you had had
2: babies? Not probably for the first week, week and a half. I mean, if someone would mention them, I'd be like, oh, yeah, how are my babies? But I wouldn't bring it up myself. Mm-hmm. It was kind of in the back burner at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is still about one or two weeks in. And Julie, it sounds like for you that that was kind of a point to note is that she was not interested or wasn't actively asking about her kids. What was that like for you? Well, it
1: was heartbreaking because we knew how hard her and her husband had tried to have a family. And, you know, here they were blessed two times. And She just still was just so mentally out of it that she didn't even ask. And I would even try and bring them up and she just didn't even respond. Mm.
0: So you said at about two weeks, you went to a different unit. And when did you bring the babies by? I can't recall.
1: It was before they moved her to the senior unit. We had one visit with them and, and they would bring Tara out of the locked in it into a central, like, nursing station area. And we brought the babies in. And, and even seeing them the first time, she really wasn't real interested in them. But she was still very, very heavily medicated also. Right. All right. Okay, mm-hmm. so-, so... The second visit with the babies was much better. And that was probably about three or four days
0: later. Okay. And Tara... Do you recall what it was like to see the babies?
2: I don't really remember the first time I saw them. I remember the second time, and I felt like I had like 20 doctors watching me. Mm -hmm. And I kept asking my mom, I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Uh Am I putting the bed right? I mean, I'm not trying to hurt them. Why do I have so many people watching me? They were
1: watching to see how she was going to interact with them. Was she going to, you know, try and harm them? Or How how many
0: doctors were there?
1: There were probably two or three doctors and several nurses. That's a lot.
0: And all of us, too. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it sort of makes sense, Tara, (laughs) that you would have that response. Why are all these people staring at me? I think that's a pretty lucid type of thought because there are so many people sitting there and watching you. That would be incredibly difficult. So in this whole process, Tara, when did you start feeling like you were kind of coming back around?
2: Probably close to the three-week mark when I got released from the hospital, and it just started getting better and better by Thanksgiving, Christmas. Well, after
1: you were released, yeah. yeah.
2: After I was released, I started feeling a lot back to normal. I remember my grandma... At Christmas, holding the babies and...
1: As far as in the hospital, moving her into the senior unit was absolutely the right decision. Okay. That brought her back around and got her to stop taking on the other patient's behavior. And that's when we were able to start talking about a serious release date for her.
0: Okay, And
1: it was about three and a half weeks. Because the babies were born October 17th, and she was released from the hospital on November 13th.
0: Mm -hmm. Tara, do you recall, like, in your own process of recovery, when you were still in the hospital, anything that you noticed about feeling better, about, like, kind of coming back to yourself?
2: Once they moved me to the senior ward, I started feeling more like myself and I feel more engaging when my family would come. You weren't as scared. Yeah, it wasn't as scary. There wasn't a lot of screaming on Uh the same side as there was on the adult. Yeah. It was more mellow, Uh so I wasn't as freaked out.
4: Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the energy was more calm. You weren't having to feel like, I don't know, protecting yourself from all that noise and the scariness of what was going on, that makes sense. Okay, so now getting out of the hospital and going home, was there like a treatment plan? Was there anyone involved in continuing with your care, Tara?
2: My mom stayed with us for six months. I was never allowed to be alone with the children. For quite a while, I was still doing ECTs till mid December, and it took about a year to get me off the heavy medication. And during this process, I mean, I started feeling better and better. My husband noticed I was becoming my feisty self again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask
0: how your husband felt about all of this? Like, what was his response? To- he was
1: heartbroken. Him and I sat outside a hospital one day and cried together. I mean, his beautiful wife that he loved to the moon and back was gone mm-hmm. mentally. Right. And they had this very exciting time in their life that they were going to share together. And it had just been
0: ripped away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tara, what did he say to you about that experience?
2: He was just glad he got me back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he redid our fish tank in our playroom to a community tank. So i had tons of different colors with fishes in it when I got back.
0: Oh, he kind of made things nice for you. Yeah. That's really great. So in terms of the treatment that you had when you were out of the hospital, did you see a therapist? Was it primarily just medication?
2: Yeah, I saw a therapist and I saw a psychologist for a couple times. Ended up not going back to the psychologist. A couple reasons we really weren't connecting and I really didn't feel that I needed a psychologist. But I did go to the psychiatrist on the medication.
0: So the one thing... I am curious about, was there anyone in the hospital setting, in the inpatient unit, in anyone that you kind of ran into along the way who was trying to help? Do you know if anybody, aside from that one doctor, was trained in perinatal mental health?
2: Not till I got to the, the behavioral. behavioral ward, no.
0: Do you know if for sure somebody in that ward was trained in perinatal mental health? We don't
1: know. We We don't don't know. know. They were just the doctors that were assigned to her case.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it might be hard to track all of that. Part of the reason why I'm asking is because I know you guys are hoping that people get the awareness and the training and information on how to recognize and treat things like what you went through, Tara, is how important getting training is and having staff that are trained in this to be able to recognize. I mean, you got an emergency room doctor who knew the right questions to ask, which is amazing.
1: Um, He was was a guardian
0: angel. That's so, so, so good. Because oftentimes people don't know what to ask and aren't sure what steps to take. And it sounds like you had an intervention in a quick enough time that Tara, that you were able to get the help that you needed.
1: Absolutely. She She was in the hospital one week after the babies were born. She was there for three and a half weeks.
0: Yeah, that is a really rapid onset of postpartum psychosis. And that's often how it presents is as pretty rapid onset within the first couple of weeks. And your experience, Tara, is that you said you noticed it looking back on it. Anyways, you know that it started on day one. Yeah,
1: I, I brought her a Starbucks and she didn't even drink it. Oh,
2: well,
0: that was the first sign that something was wrong. Oh, gosh. Well, it's lovely that you guys have a sense of humor about it now. But I imagine it was quite a road to get to feeling, you know, better and that things were kind of stable and back to normal.
1: Yeah, I think she was off of medication just about exactly one year After she started taking the medication, Mm -hmm. started the weaning process in that summer.
0: Okay. And Tara, what was it like for you, you know, coming home, being more coherent, realizing kind of what went on? What was it like for you to reflect back on that and realize what had just happened and then be home and have two babies?
2: For a while, I blamed myself. Mm -hmm. and then realized it wasn't something I had control over. And so I just immersed myself in my babies and was enjoying the time I had with them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Thank you for saying that. You're so right. So many moms do feel that like self-blame stuff, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like you had enough kind of information and education to realize that it wasn't about you over time, you know, that something you went through. Well,
1: and I think, One of the things that helped her was the enormous support system she had, not just from her own parents, but her in-laws, her grandparents,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. extended family, friends, everybody wanted to help and do whatever was necessary to get her through this. And that that was huge.
0: Yeah, it is huge. And Tara, did you feel, you know, after coming home, I know you were saying you were having kind of feeling bad, but did you also feel the support of people? Did you feel supported?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of had to go through a training with my mom and my husband on how to take care of my babies. So I was still having medicated and Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I felt the support and, you know, if I started feeling overwhelmed, there was someone there to step in to make sure my kids were taken care of. And it was a great, great, great support.
0: That's really fantastic. I'm so glad you guys are able to all pull together.
1: That's a vital part too of the recovery. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Is, you know, I don't know what a woman would do that didn't have a big support system.
0: It's so much harder. It's already such a difficult and challenging situation, but gosh, yeah. And the support is vital. You're absolutely right. And having a community of support and people who are willing to learn and help is really important too. I want to give you guys a little bit of time to just say really specifically what you are hoping that people learn from this. And from Tara, from your experience, from having gone through this and come out on the other side, so to speak, in your experience, what do you feel like people should know? What do you want people to learn from your story?
2: That this is a real condition. It's not something a woman makes up that they do need help if you know a woman that's pregnant and now she has birthed starts to act different she may need help and not realize it and you need to step up and try to get her help so she can get better and enjoy her family
0: right so the immediate pay attention pay close attention and get her help right away. I think that's such a good and important point specifically about psychosis is that she might not know what's going on. And that's true for psychosis. It's not something you're being like self-reflective about. It's kind of a break from what everyone else considers to be reality. So mm-hmm. I thank you for pointing that out.
1: I really would like to see something put in place. They talk at OBGYNs about signs of postpartum depression But they don't bring up the fact about the psychosis at all. She got paperwork to give to family members about the depression from her doctor. It would have been really helpful had we had something that said in extreme instances.
2: Postpartum psychosis. Yeah, There's some warning signs,
1: right? Yeah, to just make families aware of it, not to scare them but possibly, you know, um, some woman by that happening will get an early intervention rather than going through a longer period of time.
0: Right. Yeah. I really appreciate both of your perspectives and, oh my gosh, being able to share this experience. I'm so glad, Tara, that you're well now, that you got through it and got the help that you needed so that you can be with your babies and
1: One heck of a good mama.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's really lovely. And how old are your babies now? Five. Oh, okay. You have some five-year-old twins too. That's (laughs) that's fun. That's a fun age. Is there anything else, Tara or Julie, you feel like you'd like to add before we wrap up?
2: If you know someone's given birth and they start acting weird don't think they're doing it intentionally they might have a medical need that needs to be met
0: yes thank you so much for that well tara and julie thank you again for coming on and sharing your story and your experience i think it's incredibly valuable to have both of your perspectives on this and all of the you know the points that you're making about what we can do better are heard here and i hope that everyone out there is listening can hear that too so thank you so much
2: Thank you. Thank
0: you for having us. Thank you again to Tara and Julie. This is so important to understand how postpartum psychosis can manifest and what to look out for. It looks different for everybody, but there are some very clear signs when somebody doesn't seem to be sharing the same reality with you anymore in terms of not making sense. Their symptoms are waxing and waning. They're saying things that sound bizarre or worrisome for you but they don't realize that it's bizarre or worrisome. These are signs that it's really time to get help and support. If you're concerned about yourself or a loved one, please reach out to a local organization that supports postpartum women or reach out to Postpartum Support International for information. You can go to postpartum.net. If you feel your family member is experiencing some of these symptoms of postpartum psychosis, please take them to medical care immediately. PSI also has a specialized support coordinator providing non-emergency support to women and families dealing with postpartum psychosis. And I will have that information up for you in the show notes, or you can look for it on postpartum.net under specialized support coordinator. I thank you so much for being with us today. Please come and connect with us at momandmind.com or to our Mom and Mind Connection Facebook page, Instagram, or Twitter. Until next time. for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Mom and Mind.
3: I'm Margaret and I'm Amy,
4: and together we host the podcast What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.
3: Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct.
4: Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs>